We're talking health and wellness. I can distinctly recall a conversation in the open line, um, maybe a year ago or so, where we reflected on low numbers of testing for prostate cancer and why so many people are reluctant. And incidentally, it also came from the medical fraternity that fewer doctors are carrying out these examinations due to a number of reasons. And so many men came out talking about the examination itself um, and what that experience was like and why they went for it the importance of uh, just knowing the state of your health, particularly when it comes to prostate cancer. And that's important when you look at the the, the figures. Just over 4% of all South African men will develop prostate cancer in their lifetime. And more than 4,300 are newly diagnosed each year. Uh, And on average, five South African men die from prostate cancer every single day. And uh, that doesn't have to be the case because early detection, as we know, when it comes to cancer, uh, can prevent all of these fatalities. Uh, But there are side effects to the treatment of prostate cancer. So it's with that in mind that leads us into uh, parts of this conversation. There is there is a robotic surgery that is available at um, at the urology hospital in uh, Twani. And this is the only hospital of its kind on this continent. It's been in existence for 20 years. And it is a center of excellence when it comes to this field. So joining us for this conversation, if you'd like to know more about the robotic surgery, if you want to know more about prostate cancer, and uh, uh, if you are on this journey, you can give us a call on 011-883-0702 and 31702 for your SMSs. Dr. Lance Kutsia, who's a re- urologist at uh, the Urology Hospital, is with us on the line. Good afternoon, Dr. Kutsia. Good afternoon, as I am. Well, it's wonderful to speak to to you this afternoon, especially coming from a leading institution on this particular subject in the country. Um, so the history of uh, uh, um, the, the the urology hospital is one that maybe a lot of people don't know about. That's uh, uh, not acknowledged enough because you continue to have great successes with your treatments. Well, yes, you know, it was originally established, as you correctly said, as a center of excellence right back in 1994, 95. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've, the, the beauty of this is that we have, um, you know, 18 urologists under one roof, as it were, and each one has certain uh, fields of interest um, and has been allowed or able to uh, develop those interests um, because of the you know the volume of patients that we manage and because we've got all the uh, all the equipment under one roof as it were yeah mm-hmm. so made it um, you know a lot easier to develop uh, fields of expertise, yeah. Yes, uh, and uh, you're the first hospital in the country to have acquired this robotic surgical system. This was in 2013. So how does it assist with the uh, prostatectomies, the removal of the prostate gland? Well, then, you know, the, the problem with uh, the old uh, surgeries, even in very experienced hands, was there was a reasonably high incidence of the uh, side effects, the quality of life, life side effects that uh, men are always concerned about, and rightly so, namely, you know, incontinence of urine on the one hand and, uh, and impotence. 
mm-hmm. because of the proximity of the uh, nerves which control erectile function and the urinary sphincters uh, which lie very uh, closely associated with the prostate. Now with the robotic surgery, the um, surgery is so much more precise really and we have so much less uh, blood loss um, that we can see these structures uh, a lot better. We also have a tenfold magnification due to the uh, the cameras and so on that we use with the surgery. So we can, for the first time, we can see the nerves and we can see the mm. The little blood vessels running next to the prostate, and it makes it a lot easier for us to preserve these uh, these structures, while at the same time not compromising on uh, on curing the cancer. Mm-hmm. So you you're able to work with a, a very congested uh, part of the body and get a, a high level of accuracy as a result of the system. Yeah, well, you know, you can, in the, um, uh, one of the advertisements for the robotic surgery, we actually uh, peel the skin off a grape uh, with a robot. And that's the sort of precision that you have. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, it's not that it's so much congested, but it's where everything comes together. You know, I always say to my patients that uh, the prostate lies down in the engine room of your pelvis where um, the nerves, the blood vessels, the the rectum, the uh, you know sphincter muscles, everything are, are situated in very close proximity down there, and you know with uh, with a naked eye you can't always operate with the sort of precision that one needs to mm. preserve these structures. Mm, mm. Uh, and we'll look at the success rate in a short while. Let's first hear from Kesh calling from Mayfair. Hello, Kesh. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? How are you, Doctor Kutsia? I'm very well, thank. You. Okay, I needed to ask you, my brother's got prostate cancer and he's got it, he's been treated with these uh, seeds at the moment. Hmm. Is it advisable to go for a treatment that you are, you're doing at the moment, the laser treatment? All we can say, look, it is an option, um, but we are a little concerned, and it depends on a number of factors. Um, in the rest of the world today, there's a bit of a move away from brachytherapy for the main reasons that we're seeing in places like the United States, where with these slightly more aggressive cancers, the um, the cancer has a reasonably high incidence of recurring after five or six years. And the problem then is that you have these high doses of radiation that affect the uh, structures down there like your nerves and your urinary sphincters and bladder and rectum. Mm -hmm. And to then go in following the radiation and try to remove the prostate and still preserve those structures is very complex and uh, a lot more difficult than if one does it primarily. What the, what the world uh, is moving towards is to rather go in primarily uh, when all the structures are uh, sort of un, unaffected and, and if one can put it that way, virgin-like to, uh, to then remove the prostate mm-hmm. and, and, and then you have a, a high incidence of, you know, depending on the grading of the cancer of up to 90% plus of curing it with no further treatment. 
and preserving all those structures at the same time in a high percentage of patients. If then you get a, a cell recurring in the vicinity of the prostate, then you can offer external beam radiation as an, as an adjuvant treatment mm-hmm. um, and mop up any of those little cells that may be necessary. But in, in effect, you are then uh, sparing 90% of patients having to go through potentially damaging radiation. So, you know, it's uh, different horses for different courses, but mm-hmm. uh, there are indications... Uh, yes, Cash. Is it actually advisable to, to see through, uh, come and see you or something like that? Yeah, you know, if he if he wants uh, if he wants to, uh, um, I'm not sure where he is in his treatment, but uh, he's you know wants more than. I, I think what South Africans don't do enough is to is to get second and third opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, the, at the end of the day, uh, you as the patient are the person who who lives with the side effects of a certain treatment, and uh, not the doctor, not anybody else. Uh, we have the statistics. We 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 have the numbers. We can advise you as to what would be best for your specific cancer based on the stage and the grade and so on of the cancer. Mm. Some people are more amenable to uh, uh, surgery. Others uh, may be more amenable to something like brachytherapy. But, um, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all scenario. And... I th- you know, by getting two and three opinions, you um, are then, I think, a lot more comfortable with with your final decision. You know, I think people tend to hear the word cancer and they start panicking and they think that, uh, you know, it's got to be treated yesterday sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Before they realize what's happening, they're into a treatment that may not be the best for them. Yeah. And and then we see them afterwards with tremendous side effects, you know, and and things that are potentially avoidable, and uh, uh, you know, uh, and then it's difficult to sometimes correct them. Mm, so, is there a, an ideal time in the life cycle of a, a cancer where this uh, this use or this type of treatment is most effective or, or uh, uh, most uh, ideal? Well, you know, in general, um, with, you know, you get um, slower growing prostate cancers and more aggressive prostate cancers, and we grade the cancers on a scale that we call the Gleason score, which is based on the biopsy results. Mm-hmm. So you, and that's on a scale between a two and a ten. So if you get a cancer which is close to an eight or a nine or a ten, that's a completely different disease, much faster growing, much mm-hmm. more aggressive and needs to be managed a lot more urgently than, for example, a a cancer with a grade 5 or 6, which is very slow growing and which traditionally uh, people and medical schools taught that you uh, live with your prostate cancer and die from something else but not from the cancer, which was a very unfortunate teaching because it uh, led to a lot of men thinking that this was not a dangerous disease and they didn't get tested and uh, ended up dying from their cancer. So, you know, it's it's... Uh, it's important to answer your question, Azania, that um, I think that decision needs to be made by an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, the sooner one 
diagnoses the cancer and uh, sort of typifies it for the individual, um, the better um, you know any of the treatments are going to be. Right. You, you don't want to let this thing uh, get out of the prostate because mm. then it becomes an incurable disease. Mm. Let's hear from Willie calling from Eldorado Park. Hi, Willie. Good afternoon to you. Doctor, I just want to ask what is the difference between your procedure and brachytherapy because the reason I'm asking, I was I had brachytherapy 10 years ago yeah. at the age of 76 and I must say that I haven't had any uh, problem. But okay. the only side effect is the importance. Okay. Yeah, look, the, 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 the main difference, they, they completely different treatments, actually. Mm-hmm. With brachytherapy, the prostate stays in your body. Um, you get high doses of radiation down there, and eventually, um, one tends to have the, uh, the effect that you have where the, uh, the nerves eventually stop functioning in, in not all patients, but in a large percentage of patients, but it only usually happens after a few years. Uh, because the nerves get included in the radiation field. Um, the problem with the robotic surgery, the prostate and the cancer is physically removed out of the body. Um, so your PSA drops to zero and uh, we have a, a very exact way of following you up. And uh, um, So the problem with the brachytherapy, as I mentioned earlier, is if the cancer does come back, and mm-hmm. it does come back in quite a significant number of patients, especially the high-grade uh, more aggressive cancers, mm-hmm. then then it becomes very challenging to to manage. Okay, let's hear um, from from uh, Claire in Gallo Manor next. Hello, Claire. Hello. Yes, I'd like to ask the doctor, if possible, which is the preferred method of biopsy? Should one go for an MRI and have it guided by MRI? Okay. Yes. Okay. Very good question and that's what we're doing these days far more now than in the past because mm-hmm. um, instead of and you can imagine if you have a prostate that's this, uh, the size of an apple which it sometimes is uh, to find areas of cancer in that you sometimes have to take 25 30 biopsies which uh, is very invasive and the risk of infections and so on is quite high so what we're doing these days uh, is with the new generation MRI scans, we can look into the prostate and, and grade areas that are very suspicious for cancer okay. and then fuse that picture onto the ultrasound and by then directing a biopsy needle into those areas, we can get away with maybe four, five or six biopsies rather than 30 biopsies and uh, there's less risk of infection, uh, less bleeding risk and uh, and also a much lower chance of creating inflammation in the prostate which Mm -hmm. then raises the PSA on its own and then we start sitting with a situation where you're chasing your own tail because you've got inflammation in the prostate and you don't know whether the elevated PSA is coming from a small cancer or from inflammation or from enlargement. Right. Uh, Dr. Katia, we'll direct our listeners to your website uh, if they want to see more of uh, this conversation. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon and your insights. Pleasure. Thank you. And that is Dr. Lance Kutsir, who is a urologist at the Urology Hospital. Go to urology.co.za and follow the Urology Hospital. They are in Pretoria. They also have a Facebook page if you want to find out more about uh, this uh, treatment, this robotic surgical system.